What's up, guys? So what's on my mind today? The past, the present, and yes, the future. I'm writing. As one who has lived among you in America, a little more than 10 years. And I'm writing seriously and warning you. Many readers may ask, what right has he to speak out about things which concern us alone and which no newcomer should touch? I do not think such a standpoint is justified. One who has grown up in an environment takes much for granted. On the other hand, one who has come to this country as a mature person may have a keen eye for everything particular and characteristic. I believe he should speak out freely on what he sees and feels. For by doing so, he may perhaps prove himself useful. What soon makes the new arrival devoted to this country is the democratic trait among the people. I'm not thinking here so much as the democratic political constitution of this country. However, highly it must be praised. I am thinking of the relationships between the individual people and the attitude that they maintain toward one another. In the United States, everyone feels assured of his work as an individual. No one humbles himself before another person or class. Even the great difference in wealth, the superior power of a few, cannot undermine this healthy self-confidence and natural respect for the dignity of one's fellow man. There is, however, a sombre point in the social outlook of Americans. Their sense of equality and human dignity is mainly limited to the men of white skin. Even among these, there are prejudices of which I, as a Jew, am clearly conscious, but they are unimportant in the comparison with the attitude of the whites toward their fellow citizens of darker complexion, particularly toward Negroes. The more I feel an American, the more this situation pains me. I can escape this feeling of complicity and only by speaking out. Many a sincere person will answer. Our attitude toward the Negro is the result of unfavorable experiences which we have had by living side by side with the Negroes in this country. They are not equal in intelligence, sense of responsibility, or reliability. But I am firmly convinced that whosoever believes this suffer from a fatal misconception. Your ancestors drag these black people from their homes by force. And in the white man's quest for a wealthy and an easy life, they have been ruthlessly suppressed and exploited, degraded into slavery. The modern prejudice against Negroes is the result of the desire to maintain this unworthy condition. The ancient Greeks also had slaves. They were not Negroes, but white men who had been taken captive in war. 
There could be no talk of racial differences. And yet Aristotle, one of the great Greek philosophers, declared slaves inferior beings who were justly subdued and deprived of their liberty. It is clear that he was enmeshed in a tradition from which, despite his extraordinary intellect, he could not free himself. A large part of our attitude toward things is conditioned by opinions and emotions which we unconsciously absorb as children from our environment. In other words, it's tradition. Besides inherited aptitudes and qualities which makes us who we are, we rarely reflect how relatively small, as compared with the powerful influence of tradition, is the influence of our conscious thought upon our conduct and conviction. It would be foolish to despise tradition. But with our growing self-consciousness and increasing intelligence, we must begin to control condition and assume a critical attitude toward it. If human relations are ever to change for the better, we must try to recognize what in our accepted tradition is damaging to the faith and dignity and shapes our lives accordingly. I believe that whosoever tries to think through honestly will recognize how unworthy and even fatal is the traditional bias against Negroes. What, however, can the man of good do to combat this deeply rooted prejudice? He must have the courage to set an example by words and deeds and must watch that his children not become influenced by this racial bias. I do not believe there is a way in which this deeply entrenched evil can quickly be healed. But until this goal is reached, there is no greater satisfaction for a just and well-meaning person than the knowledge that he has devoted his best energies to the service of a good cause. Now, what I've just read is an essay called The Negro Question. It was an essay that was written by a member of the NAACP back in the 1950s. This person, a Jew who came from Germany just before World War II, saw the plight of the Negroes and thought that he could not just sit back and watch. He famously said, there's a separation of colored people from white people in the United States. That separation is not a disease of colored people. It is a disease of white people. I do not intend to be quiet about it. No one's perfect. But Albert Einstein's words rang true in the past. They ring true in the present. And if we don't change things, they will ring true in the future. Okay, guys, that's what's been on my mind today. You guys have a good day. Peace out.